today is our eighth birthday, eight years of Lake Forest Davidson. Seven of the best years of my life. Uh, if you were here at our very first service, I know, Benji, Terry, y'all were here at the first service. Matt was here at the first service. If you were here at the first service ever, you may remember we put a card in everybody's chair asking people how they wanted to serve. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but that's what we did. The idea being, we're glad you're here, and um, we, we hope you'll be involved. Involved just beyond worship, find some way to be involved. Doesn't mean you have to do everything, but we'd love for you to be involved somehow. So today on our eighth birthday, we decided to do the same thing. We put a rooted pledge card in everybody's seat in honor of that very first Sunday. We are in the midst, as Lindsay said, of trying to purchase some property in South Main Street in Davidson for a more long-term home for our church family. And so it's the kind of thing that's going to take everybody finding a way to do something. So we're really glad you're here. And we hope you find a way to be just a little bit more involved. So take the rooted pledge card. We're asking everybody to think about how that God would have them be involved in helping us purchase this property on South Main Street. If you've never heard of rooted, we have brochures on the info table right over there. So before you go outside for the baptism, go over there, grab a rooted info uh, packet brochure so you can learn a little bit more, a little bit more about it. But the idea is we're asking folks over a three-year commitment, a three-year span to make a commitment of here's what I think I or my family can give towards the rooted uh, vision of buying this property in South Main Street so that generations from now, people will still be having services at Lake Forest Davidson where folks are standing up and, and wanting to be baptized. The, the difficult thing about Rooted is we're asking people to give over and above what they already give to the church. You can probably figure out why, because we still need to pay the staff, we still need to give to missions, we still need to pay rent over those three years. When you ask people to give over and above, I feel this too, that's sacrifice. You have to go back and really look at where the dollars are going. Mandy and I are doing this and ask, how would God have us be part of this? So we're giving folks to September 15th to think about this. We don't want you to make a rash decision. Think about it, pray about it, spend some time uh, considering how God would have you be a part of, of contributing to Rooted. And then on September 15th, bring your pledge card, bring your, any first contribution you can make towards Rooted, and we'll go from there. Does that make sense? Excellent. If you've been here multiple weeks in a row, I say kind of the same thing every week because not everybody makes it every week, so we're trying to, trying to, to spread it out. On our birthdays, uh, I like to take a break from the sermon series, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a break from the Rooted in Joy series on the book of Philippians, and I've gone back in the sermon file and found an oldie but goodie from the early years, and I'm going to uh, do that sermon instead. And, and the sermon I picked for today is about the nature of sacrifice in God's kingdom. What is the nature of sacrifice in God's kingdom? This is from a series, I don't remember how many years ago, but it was called Glimpses of God's Kingdom. What is the nature of sacrifice in God's kingdom? And it's based on that simple parable that Joel read so well for us earlier, Matthew 13, 44, which says this. This is Jesus teaching. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. 
When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Some years ago, a pastor friend of mine in Memphis was totally burned out. He was angry, and he was bitter at the people of his congregation. He had a lot of resentment towards a number of people, so he decided to go speak with a counselor. And so when he went to the counselor, he just started to unload what had been going on. And the counselor kept trying to interject, and she was trying to ask, do you mind if I ask you a question? To which my pastor friend responded, you know, I'm kind of on a roll here. I'm probably going to use up the whole time just getting all this stuff out. And this is a guy who could get on a roll. When he would preach on Sundays, he could preach for over an hour. He would just go, and the organ would get pumping, and he was a, a dynamic preacher. So he's just on a roll. And the f counselor finally interjected, and this was the question she asked him. She asked him, what kind of God do you serve who has sentenced you to perpetual misery? He was taken aback by the question. His response was, when you are a pastor, you must sacrifice for your congregation. Now, you fill in the blank. When you are a blank, you must sacrifice. When you are a blank, you must sacrifice. When you are a parent, you must sacrifice. When you are the responsible member of your friend group, you must sacrifice. When you are the boss, you must sacrifice. When you're a spouse, you must sacrifice. When you're a Christian, you must sacrifice. When your church is doing the Rooted campaign, you must <laughs> sacrifice. The counselor responded, but you're talking about sacrifice like it's martyrdom, and it's leading you to resentment. And as an aside, what you may or may not, the problem with resentment is that resentment robs us of intimacy. You cannot have a close relationship with anybody you resent. And so then she asked him this question, do you resent God for asking you to sacrifice? This is when Pastor Frank said, thank goodness the time had come to an end. He had to go home. He was at a crisis of faith. He had sacrificed so much. He believed God wanted him to sacrifice, but he was burned out and full of bitterness and resentment to so many people who did not appreciate how he sacrificed for them. And he faced an even deeper question. Did he resent God. You may have been in a similar place to that. Honestly, you may be in that very place today. You've been sacrificing for so long, and what you have to show for it is bitterness or resentment. You've been doing good. You've been doing the right thing, and you resent it. You have become weary of seeking God. You've become weary in following in God's ways. So you hear the sermon today is about sacrifice, or you've come a few weeks in a row, we keep talking about sacrifice for this rooted thing, and part of you shudders because sacrifice is part of the problem for you. 
how in the world would sacrifice be part of the solution? And at a first reading, Jesus' parable about treasure in the field sounds like it's not going to help you very much. You remember the parable, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. I'm noticing from up here, the lights on that side didn't report to work today. Do you feel that? That's all right. It's only, it's, it must be on the end of the truss over there. We'll tell them to come next week. They got a week off. It's the summer, you know. But here's what happens in the parable. The, a man is out in the field. He finds treasure. With one look at the treasure, he realizes that treasure is worth more than, than everything that he owns. And so he goes and sells everything that he owns and buys the field. He gives everything to buy the field. But at some level, he's just making a shrewd financial decision. Like, let's say you're out this afternoon looking at foreclosed homes. What else do you have to do this afternoon? So you go out and look at foreclosed homes. And you go see one, and there's a crooked picture in this one. You go to adjust the crooked picture, and you realize that picture's not crooked. There's a safe behind that picture. You open the safe, and in this foreclosed home, in the safe, you find a billion, with a B, billion dollars. What are you going to do? You're going to close the safe, not lock it, close the safe, put the picture back in front of it, leave like nothing happened, then you're going to go liquidate every asset you have to buy that house. Because if you could be the owner of that house, you would be rich. And that's what the guy in the parable does. And the point of the parable is that that's how God and God's kingdom are. When you realize the true value of God and being part of God's kingdom, when you realize how wonderful it is to be a child of the living God, when you realize how wondrous it is that Jesus Christ can forgive your past, that Jesus can give meaning to your present, that Jesus can give you security into your future, ultimately that you can live forever with God in eternity, when you realize the value of that, you'll realize it, it, you'd give up anything to get it. A relationship with God through Jesus Christ is a treasure worth more than anything else in your life or my life. A relationship with God through Jesus Christ is a treasure worth more than anything else in your life or in my life. And Jesus points out that we'd be willing to give up anything to get it. We'd be willing to give up control of our lives to get it. We'd be willing to give up uh, the parts of our lives that help us succeed in business or help us succeed in school, but they hurt other people. We'd be willing to give up anything to get this because we realize it is more valuable than anything that we have. Now, sometimes you can keep going on that train and really emphasize the sacrifice side of following Jesus. You can say things like, if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to be ready to sacrifice. You've got to be ready to make every sacrifice. Life following Jesus is about sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. It's about sacrifice. Are you not ready to sacrifice? Well, you must not be ready to follow Jesus' sacrifice. Now, guilt can be a powerful motivator, but I have a question. What happened to the joy? Read the parable one more time. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. 
when a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. I don't think the parable is primarily about sacrifice. I think the parable is primarily about joy. In other words, in God's kingdom, sacrifice is characterized by two things. Not all sacrifice you see should remind you of God's kingdom, because in God's kingdom, sacrifice has two attributes, and you need to see, I need to see both of them to say that's kingdom sacrifice. That's a glimpse of God's kingdom. So number one, number one, number, number, number one. Kingdom sacrifice is a choice. In God's kingdom, sacrifice is a choice. It's not a mandate, it's a choice. The man was free to buy the field, and he was free to not buy the field. Now, choices have consequences. God rarely shields us from the consequences of our choices, but that shouldn't obscure the fact it was a choice. He could buy the field, he could not buy the field, and God's kingdom sacrifice is a choice. And then number two, kingdom sacrifice is motivated by joy. The man sacrificed, the man went out and bought the field out of his joy. When he saw the treasure in the field, joy overtook his life. The tenor of his life changed. He got an infusion of joy. In other words, years later, when this man was telling his grandkids about buying the field, do you think he told it as a grim story of sacrifice? Or did he tell it as an amazing story of joy? And so Pastor Frank decided to show up to his next counseling session, and he came ready for a fight. He was not going to let this person talk him out of sacrificing for God, no matter what havoc it was wreaking in his life. And so he started. He said, to be a Christian, much less a pastor, to be a Christian, you have to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. In other words, I must sacrifice. And that's a reference to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. This is when the counselor informed Frank that she herself was not a Christian, but he had talked so much about Jesus in the last session that she went home and did some research. And she said... This is good. This is helpful. Um, help me understand more about the crucifixion of Jesus. That, that, I don't know much about the Christian faith, but that seems like central to it, right? So help me understand more about the crucifixion. Frank responded something like, Jesus Christ died on a cross as the ultimate sacrifice so that everyone who commits their life to him can be reconciled to God forever. Jesus died on a cross as the ultimate sacrifice so that whoever commits their life to him can be reconciled, will be reconciled to God forever. She said, you know, that's kind of what I'm realizing. I'm realizing that, that the death of Jesus on the cross is sort of one of the hinge points of the Christian faith, and it's the model for sacrifice within Christianity. So, pastor, why did Jesus sacrifice? 
to use the, the Bible's language, why did Jesus take up his cross? Frank thought about it. And he remembered this scripture in John chapter 10, which says, the reason, this is Jesus talking, the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own accord. That's choice. Of my own accord. The crucifixion of Jesus was a choice. His sacrifice was a choice. He decided to die. And why did he decide to die? Now, if it had been more than just Frank and the counselor in the room, the organ would have gotten pumping about this point. Because he remembered the second scripture that Joel read for us earlier, Hebrews chapter 12, which says, Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The crucifixion of Jesus, the ultimate example of sacrifice, was a choice motivated by joy. A choice motivated by joy. And yes, there was real sacrifice involved. There was at time grueling sacrifice involved, but it was a choice that he made for joy. And so at the end of his counseling sessions, Pastor Frank wrote down a sentence that I think captures sacrifice in God's kingdom. He wrote this sentence, I choose sacrifice that unleashes joy in my life. I choose sacrifice that unleashes joy in my life. And then when he was telling us the story, he sort of turned parenthetically and he said, because only joy will sustain true sacrifice. And so now you and I are more equipped to see glimpses of God's kingdom. When you see a school teacher who goes out and buys supplies for his or her students because they don't have what they need, but the thought of their future success brings that person joy, that's a glimpse of God's kingdom. It is sacrifice that is a choice made for joy. That's what I pray this whole rooted thing is. I, I, the way I get to this building is I drive on Davidson Concord Road. I drove by Hopewell Baptist Church out on that road. It has a sign up right now. It says, celebrating 140 years of ministry. Now, I tried to do the math at the 815 service, and it fell flat, so I did it between the services. That means that people in the aftermath of the Civil War bought a field and put a structure on it, and 140 years later, ministry is still happening in that place, in that community. That means that someday, we're going to put up a sign, well, we, we're not going to put up the sign, somebody else is going to put up a sign that says, Lake Forest Davidson celebrating 140 years of ministry. That's going to be in 2151. They're going to need a big hat to get all those candles on it, Lindsay, yeah. The, the thought that, that, 
that there would, would be a community similar to ours. I'm sure they'll change it in some good and right ways, but similar to the way we do ministry where people are still seeing their lives change, still finding healing in the name of Jesus, 140 years later, does that bring you joy? When you and I choose sacrifice, big and small, when we choose sacrifices, big and small, that unleash joy in our lives, we show people a glimpse of God's kingdom. When you choose sacrifice, big and small, because it unleashes joy in your life, you show people the kind of sacrificial love that Jesus Christ has, the kind of sacrificial love that Jesus Christ has for each of us. Jesus chose the sacrifice of the cross because you bring him joy. Jesus chose the sacrifice of the cross because you bring him joy. You are God's treasure. You are the reason he paid such a high price to buy that field. Jesus chose the sacrifice of the cross because your growing relationship with God brings him joy. Jesus chose the sacrifice of the cross because when you sing, I once was lost but now am found, it brings him joy. I had a gentleman come up to me after the 815 service and talk about a, a specifically a rich time in his own spiritual life, a time where he felt he was growing uh, immensely, and he said during that time he, he was so intentional about spending time alone just praying and how much he enjoyed that. And then uh, he was recounting this and, and, uh, years ago to someone, he, and, and the person's response to him was, you know God enjoyed that time too. He enjoys that time with you. You bring him joy. That's why he chose the sacrifice of the cross. So my question for you as I wrap up my part of the service is, what role do choice and joy play in the sacrifices that you make? What role do choice and joy play in the sacrifices that you make? The truth is, you and I do not have to say yes to every sacrifice we're asked to make. There are some things and some opportunities to which we should say no, or we should say not now. If you're not good at saying no, just say not now. It has the same effect. And over time, just quit saying to now and you'll be saying no. <laughs> Kingdom sacrifice is a choice. And there are also a number of sacrifices that we're going to keep making. But in the midst of continuing to make sacrifices, don't lose sight of the why. Don't lose sight of the joy. As you go the extra mile for a child, don't lose sight of the joy. As you go an extra mile for a parent, don't lose sight of the joy. As you go an extra mile for a friend, don't lose sight of the joy. As you give your time to serve other people, don't lose sight of the joy. As you give your tithes and your offerings to the church or to rooted or to ministries or to missionaries, don't lose sight of the joy. As you stay up late to have a needed conversation, don't lose sight of the joy. As you put someone else's desires ahead of your own desires, 
don't lose sight of the why. Don't lose sight of the joy. Turn your eyes to Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Let's pray together. Let me give you a chance to pray, to talk to God, or to listen to God about whatever it is He's stirred up in your heart or in your mind. Just take this quiet moment for personal prayer. Lord, I thank you for our congregation here today. I thank you that you have not called us to a stoic faith. You have not called us to follow you uh, into blandness. You have called us to follow you into joy. So, Lord, even if we don't leave this room doing anything differently, I pray our mindset would be changed. I pray that our minds will, will be renewed as we study your word. And that we might see our sacrifice and joy differently. But Lord, I pray in all those things we would not lose sight of the most important thing, which is the joy you take in us, which is your invitation to come and forever be part of your family through Jesus Christ. We have nothing to add to what Jesus has done. We only need to celebrate in his victory. So, Lord, I pray that those of us who are a little more on the fence might be encouraged by what we saw today from Bo and Will, that we would be willing to take that step over the line of faith and follow Jesus into a life of sacrifice, but even more so into a life of joy. We pray all that in the name of Jesus. Amen.